Living Archives. John Houghton moved to Bayside in 1969. He begins by telling us a little bit about himself. I first of all studied sociology, and then I was going to be a social worker, and then I studied planning and became a town planner. I thought I could achieve great things in town planning. I developed a thing called community planning, which was using my sociological skills to work with communities. And I worked with communities in, in Finglas. I had a project called the Finglas Enlivenment Project. And somebody called it the Finglas Enlightenment Project, you know. But I was working with, I, that was the best part of my working career because I was able to develop projects like a tree nursery, a newspaper, there was a guy with a newspaper, we had a millennium celebration, etc. all those kind of garden competitions. And all that. So um, that was probably the best part of my working career. But the point is this, that an organization like the City Council doesn't want, there was a, an ordinary that said, uh, professional people should be on tap, but not on top. Mm. So there was always this administration thing, the administrators were in control and you didn't go into certain areas, you know, you just get, did reports, that kind of stuff. So basically then I became a town planner at the City Council. And then towards the end of that time, uh, one of my colleagues there um, was having a party. And I went along to the party and I didn't expect to meet anybody. And uh, as it was, I met my future wife there. Um, and then we um, we were an item, if you like, and uh, we were bonded in various ways. <laughs> and uh, so we decided we'd get married and we both had uh, got jobs. I had a job as a planner and at the time. And then we got a second job. Like I used to work nights, um, evenings rather, after finishing one job, I used to go and work in a chip shop from, say, 6 o'clock to 12. And then she had a job in the public service, and then she used to work part-time in a place in Ramallah. So both of us were actually working two jobs to get a deposit together for a house. That's the way it was. And the house at the time was only about 4,000 euros, 4,000 pounds at the time. So, But that was a lot of money in those days. So we went out, and Bayside was a lovely place. Um, Everybody, all the houses were new, and then everybody was very excited about it, and there was a great sense of community. That's the most important thing, you see. In the 60s, you had a sense of community. Today, it's every man for himself and every woman, and there's no sense of community now. So we moved from a situation where we set up a residence association, and we all got together. We discussed the Constitution for months and months, agreed a Constitution, at the time, the houses were built by Waits, a company called Waits, who were very community-oriented. And uh, there's this a community centre. They wanted to build a community centre, a public house, a shopping centre. That mm. was all part of Waits's plan. They had a very good record in, in building community. So the Great Sense community then, we got together, we cut the grass, we, you know, everybody was very friendly. But that changed over time. And now today, um, that sense of community has disappeared. So the question is, you have to say, why are people today so different than they were, say, in the 60s? You have a different kind of mindset. And that would apply not just in Bayside or different parts of Dublin. So what we have to do, to, I mean, as a sociologist, I feel very strongly about this. So what we have to try and do is rebuild the sense of community in communities. What I'm saying is that that sense of community is gone. You cannot say exactly when. 
Yeah, I was involved in, I used to organise summer project for the kids. Uh, we had a garden fete, for example. We used to have what's called the Lamb Chop Domain Open Space every year. And we'd have everybody there at that event. Then people can get to the situation where, where you say, OK, I've done my part. Like, I mean, I'm no chicken now, you know. So, I mean, I could still be involved in community, but my attitude is let the young people now, the young people who, say, newly getting married in Bayside now, uh, why don't they do the things I did? Why have they not got issues? Why have they not got, why do they not work with the community to make a better community? It doesn't mm. happen. John tells us about the seafront. We always went to the Bull Island and, you know, when the kids were very small, we used to go there and picnic and that kind of thing. And mm. it was... Um, much better in those days. It was much cleaner and all that kind of thing, you know. But I mean, then I would see the sea um, more in a, in a kind of an ecological way rather than a recreation thing. But I think, um, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, I see the whole environment like, you know, like I see the, the, the whole landscape as something that I am part of. I don't see it as a separate thing or anything like that. But the sea, the important thing about the sea then as well, I mean, I mentioned about the, the forest. The forests give us 50% of our oxygen, and but the ocean gives us the other 50%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when I see the sea, I see the sea being polluted and I see all the tortoises, the sea tortoises be, becoming extinct. Do you know what I mean? And I mm. see the, the way fishing taking place and uh, destroying the source of fish that we need for food, etc. You know, so I, I don't see the sea in a way that people would normally see it. The sea is a great facility, uh, but at the same time, a lot of the um, amenities of the area are being, being diminished, you know. Well, I'm glad that I came into an area where there was a great sense of community. And I can still remember the people that I worked with and the commitment they had. I set up summer project. Uh, I set up various clubs like a judo club, a gymnastic club and um, karate clubs. I set up a whole lot of clubs. See, my approach was that young people, there's two things that young people need. They need constructive involvement in an area. And my, my, I would say, I would say to my wife, I'm organizing a summer project. And one particular year, I spent three weeks of my holidays. It was actually in Holt, where there was a community center there that I was involved in the development of. And I spent three weeks of my holidays and my wife would say to me, listen, what, do you, what about your own children? Do you know what I mean? Hmm. And I'd say, okay, if I am doing things for the children of the area, uh, summer camps, setting up clubs, etc., well, then they are going to be good kids. And, and she'd say, okay, I'm not blaming her on that. But she'd say, nobody will thank you for that. But I mean, I, I didn't do it to get um, credit because most of the things I do, I do them because of the right thing to do or because young people need facilities and, you know, otherwise they're going to be, you know, delinquent or whatever it is, you know. John tells us about transport links in Bayside at the time. Well, one of the reasons we moved there was because of the DART. There was a railway station. So we moved... Um, we moved because uh, one that was one of the reasons because we could just we were only a hundred yards away from the train station, so then we could just hop onto the train, you know. Mm. And then as well as that, Holt is just up the road, which is one of the most beautiful villages in in I would say in the world. Like so, you have the most magnificent landscape there. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I don't want to appear to be negative, like, but nobody gave us the hill of Holt. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe the 
to a Daydanon or something like that. But the point is this, this is the most beautiful area you could imagine. You know, and Ireland is the most beautiful country in the world. I mean, what you have in Ireland, you've got a micro, microcosm of the great, you know, any country, everything you have, the mountains, the streams, the valleys, um, the forest, you have everything in Ireland. And in this little northeast part of Dublin, you have, you know, the lovely Hill of Hoth, but I mean, the landscape is perfect. The sea is lovely. The Bull Island is lovely. Um, the Hill of Hoth is just magnificent. The lovely fishing village um, that hundreds and hundreds of people and the cliff walk, which is you wouldn't want to be having too many drinks when you'd be walking it. But it's um, it's a lovely walk, you know. I mean, my sister actually was living in the area, one of my sisters, and um, I was aware of the houses and, and the fact that uh, the community, I, I became aware of it and I said, okay, uh, to my wife then, uh, uh, we hadn't got married at the time, like, uh, I think it's an area you would like to live in. But I mean, it was just um, a nice community that was just starting off. The houses were being built. Uh, it was a nice environment. Um, it was beside the sea. That was a factor. It was beside Holt. I mean, there isn't anywhere more beautiful than Holt. Like, I mean, I'm not just doing it as a promotion or anything like that. But, uh, I think um, Hoth is ma magic, you know. And mm. we used to go out and we'd we'd look at our house and it was only maybe half built, you know. And we'd go out again and have a look at it again. There'd be a few more blocks up and then we'd go out again and have another look at it again. So this was um, quite unique. You know, this was a new estate being built and people with great hopes of what it would be. And it was what people hoped it would be. There were leaders there, the highest calibre of leaders that got together and and plan the whole thing and there was a uh, waste wanted to build a pub the bayside inn and uh, the residents actually objected to the pub and protested and everything and the actual weight the crowd were building got an injunction against the community people to stop them picketing the site but that's the kind of thing that was there at the time that people were joined together they were conjoined if you like they would work together and I remember cutting the grass. You know, we had one guy there, Paul Phillips, a neighbour of mine, and he used to organise all the grass cutting because what happened, believe it or not, was that because the estate didn't conform to certain standards, the city council didn't take it in charge at the open spaces. And the residents had to cut the open spaces. And that is the case today, 50 years later or 45 years later. It's interesting that... Um, the certain community is there to the extent that people are actually cutting the grass. Do you know what I mean? But I mean, like cutting grass, like sanitized squares and all that kind of thing, that's not necessarily... I mean, the squares could be used for growing vegetables or something like that, you know? You know, and I mean, if it wasn't for my wife said, I would, would not be in the city. But she is a city person. She loves hopping onto the train and going and doing shopping every day and that kind of thing, or, or getting a coffee, whatever it is. I would be a person of the countryside. I'd be a pagan, like a pagan, I, you know. And so I'm, I'm misplaced in that sense. This programme was made with the support of Culture. For more information on this series, please visit nearfm.ie forward slash living hyphen archives. Living Archives is a growing collection. If you have a story you'd like to share with us, please contact us at documentary at near.ie.